Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Attack and Release Show. My name is Matt, and I am joined today by my good friend from Nashville and another good friend who we've really been uh, chatting with for the past several months, and we're really excited oh, yeah. for this episode. But first, my good friend from Nashville, Sam hi. Moses. It's Say hi. me. Hi, I'm here. <laughs> there you go. We have a really fun episode today. Um, I apologize. I'm still getting over that cough from the last episode. Um, I'm going to try to edit this out as much as possible, but I can only do so much. Sam may do a good bit of talking on this one. But first, our guest for today is um, a product manager from uh, from Isotope. His name is Bill Podolak, and he has been managing the Ozone 11 release, everything that is going on behind the scenes of Ozone 11, everything on the beta side. I have never been more impressed with a beta, with what is happening on the back end at Isotope as I have been with uh, Ozone 11. And I think a lot of that is um, thanks and praise to, to Bill. And today is their release day for Ozone 11. Uh, if you're listening to this on the day that this episode releases. And uh, I'm really excited for y'all to check it out. And we really wanted to do a feature on this because we've had, we've been able to, um, we've been able to use it for several months. And we're really impressed and excited for y'all who uh, decided to download it. And I hope this episode persuades a few people to, to check it out. So Bill, why don't you say hey? Hey guys, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And thanks for the nice words and helping us out with beta testing Ozone 11. It's been great to have you. Of course. Sure it's been awesome. Also, I want to put out to the audience, we are not sponsored by Isotope or Ozone or anything. So this is Matt and I just showing love to a product that we've really enjoyed uh, being able to test. And if you've listened to our show at all, you know we love the community and Bill's part of our community and it's just been a gift to work with him over the last months of being able to test out Ozone 11. And he has, I'll reiterate with Matt, just crushed it. So if you are out there, go check out Ozone 11, of course. But I just want to put that in that this isn't some sneaky thing and we're not being paid. We just really love this, love this product, this Ozone 11. We love Bill. So we wanted to have Bill on today and let him share more and help us all understand all the work and all the cool features that are in Ozone 11 as well. So just want to put that disclaimer in there for those Thank in the you. audience. Sure. <laughs> nice. We, and I, I really love the Attack and Release show. So I really appreciate oh, well, you guys you. taking the time to have me on. And uh, yeah, let's do it. It's great. Awesome. Sure, man. So, but first, Sam, why don't you take us away into a little bit of housekeeping? Of course. Hello, my friends, audience, listener. Thank you so much for being here. For another day, this is that unique time called housekeeping where you get to screenshot this app, this episode or a past episode, post it on Instagram, please tag me, uh, Moses Mastering, tag Matt for the record mastering. We will reshare your post. We will cross market. We also get to know you one-on-one, -on -one, which has been amazing this year. Um, it creates community like this. You get to meet cool people like Bill. And uh, also, if you could do us a solid and subscribe on Apple or Spotify, that's uh, very helpful for us. Leave some reviews, leave some stars. That helps the episode reach more people. 
and it helps all of us finish records better together. So that is housekeeping. There you go. Done. So, Bill, where where can people find you? Yeah, if you want people to find yeah. you, do you want people? Sure. Yeah, I guess uh, LinkedIn would be good. You can find me on Facebook. Um, hit me up on email. Wpodalak at isotope.com is cool. Yeah, any of those places are good. Sweet. Very cool. Very cool. So, without further ado, we don't know how long this episode is going to be, but. Without further ado, Bill, why don't and I'm sure I'm I'm sure I missed something. Why don't you tell us exactly who you are, how I messed up your intro potentially, <laughs> like what exactly you do uh, with Isotope, and uh, give us a good rundown on uh, you, your audio and professional background. Awesome. Yeah, you got it right. So I'm a product manager at Isotope. Um, some previous jobs have been. Uh, working at this cool company, Artifon, on the launch of uh, Instrument One, which is a kickstarted instrument that they made. I then sort of moved over to Isotope, and I was working on their Spire Studio product, which was sort of a all-in-one wireless multi-track recorder and app. Uh, and then I've been working on Ozone for the past two years as a product manager. So Ozone 10 was the first product that I had the privilege to manage. And then we turned around and started building Ozone 11. So now we're launching uh, the second product I've been able to work on. And yeah, I just love audio technology, audio software. So I stay really keyed into the trends and listening to podcasts like yours to learn about audio engineering. Um, and then sort of as a hobby on the side, I play guitar, bass, and drums and produce music myself. Uh, my partner is a singer-songwriter, so I produce music with her. I master her stuff sometimes. And yeah, just loving all things audio, especially plugins. Right on. That's, uh, that's quite a day. It's been fun. I've, had, I've been lucky in my career to work on a bunch of really awesome audio products. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want to hop right into this. Um, so for people who are new, for people who have been living under a rock, <laughs> or people who just may not know, what is Ozone? So Ozone is a plugin. Uh, it's a mastering plugin, and it's more like a suite of many plugins, I would say. So uh, you've got your basics, equalizer, maximizer, which is our limiter, mm -hmm. a variety of compressors, uh, an imager, which controls sort of stereo information, which is really popular. It's all of these different plugins sort of within one plugin. Um, it's also got a lot of AI built into it. So it's got this master assistant that will listen to your track and set up a mastering chain for you. Um, it's got a lot of cutting edge processing, new things that we can jump into, sort of going beyond the classic signal processing that you could emulate from analog boxes and pushing sonic frontiers with new things. Mm -hmm. And we're on version 11, so we're building on pretty big legacy. Um, it's been over 20 years and oh. it's pretty incredible. We really 
me and the team feel like we're standing on the shoulders of giants because it is just such a immense plugin. I don't think there's any more complex uh, plugin on the market. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, it's pretty darn impressive and I think Isotope has really been a company that has really been on like the bleeding edge of discovery in this field and I'm trying to f- find the right words for this. Um there's there's so much they <coughs> pardon me. Um there's so much to copy. And I feel like that's a lot of what you see a lot of like plugin companies doing. This isn't necessarily a comparison game. There will be a question where I do ask a little bit of like a competition question. Um but you you see like whether it's software or hardware companies um you see they're really like going back to the old and you can only remake like a Fairchild 670 so many times you can only remake an LA2A so many times and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with doing that but where isotope really sets itself apart is you're making tools for today that's not necessarily based on um decades ago and you do have there are some vintage modules that sound gorgeous in i th- i would say all of the ozone versions um that do you know tip a hat to uh that time but y'all are really forward a forward thinking company and i would say it's definitely <clears throat> for somebody who's getting into audio i would say like this is where i started i started with 6 um i absolutely loved it and uh it was i felt like it was probably the best place for me to start and it helped me to look forward and not overly back but it's like you know if i wanted to go and look in that direction i could see what some of those tones were like and so i think that's one of the ways that isotope has really um trail been, been a bit of a trailblazer is uh is really just how forward thinking of a company that y'all are um that's so awesome. yeah i totally agree it's uh you can think about the macro trend of audio in sort of the digital transformation where uh, you had recording studios full of analog gear and mixing desks, and then that all got digitized. But designers use this thing called skeuomorphic design, where you basically keep a shadow of the old in the new thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, we have DAWs that look like mixing desks, and we have plugins that look like the analog boxes, uh, uh, compressors, and EQs, and things like that. And for me, what's really exciting is is pushing that cutting edge in terms of the design and how things look and the metering and the information you're able to receive and how you interact with the plugins. Um, and then also the DSP, you know, doing things mm. with processing that couldn't have been done with analog circuits uh, that mm. are now becoming possible with highly powerful computers and and things like that. And so... Yeah, it's it's a legacy Isotope has had for a long time. That is exciting to to keep pushing forward. What uh I think this is one of the last intro questions I'll do. Um 
Who is the intended audience for Ozone? Who is this made for? It's a great question. I think that Ozone is for anyone who's trying to sort of achieve a professional result with their music. And by professional, I mean like comparable sonically to what you might hear on Top 40 Radio or New Mm. Music Friday or things like that on Spotify. Um, There are people I'm sure out there that are completely happy to you know, just do music as a hobby and don't care how good the final result is. But for people that are looking for that professional quality sound, um, I think Ozone is the, the right solution for them. And it's a challenging part of what we do because we have users who are the top mastering engineers who are kind of putting the finishing touches on what are going to be the next big hits. Um, sure. And then we also have a lot of people out there in their bedrooms dreaming of making hits, but are still in the early stages and just trying to get to a, a professional, good-sounding result that's comparable to their heroes. So we're mm. trying to serve that wide range of skill, basically. That's perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so getting into 11, what is what would you say the strategy uh, what the strategy was behind Ozone 11 and how it was built. Yeah, so the challenge that we're up against here is that we just came out with Ozone 10, feels like, right? That mm-hmm. was a year ago. We're doing back-to-back Ozone releases. And Ozone 10 and even the versions before it were already so kind of feature complete, right? Rich with plenty of DSP and really everything you needed since like version five. Um, And so the question is like, how do we get people, the listeners out there thinking about maybe getting Ozone 11 right now? You know, if you're on Ozone 10, we need the value increment to be so big that ideally it's like a no-brainer. It's like a must. Sure. Um, And that that gets more and more difficult with every Ozone version. You can kind of see that intuitively. Like, you know, if, how to explain it? It's like, there's already so much value that in order for it to be worth it to get the new one, the amount of new stuff has to be pretty considerable. And so we've done a couple things and applied a couple strategies to hopefully make that happen for, for anyone who's considering upgrading to Ozone 11 or, or maybe picking up their first Ozone. So if I just bought 10 a year ago, um, should I upgrade and why? I think you definitely should. Um, and I can go through sort of what's new. So I'd say there are a couple things that are expected with new Ozone versions, which is a couple of really kick-ass pieces of new DSP. Mm-hmm. Um, an upgraded assistant, so performing better, doing something cooler, improved UI. And then we've done a couple of things that I think really take it to the next level that take all of the value that was already in Ozone and basically make it more valuable. Um, and these things are the new STEM focus mode, adding transient sustain mode to a bunch of modules and adding delta buttons to all the modules. So 
taking all that stuff that people already love or are familiar with and making it even cooler, I think is going to have the sort of must have driver for people, I hope. So let's, uh, let's kind of break down some features then. Um, let's, uh, uh, I'm still on Ozone 9, so I will be upgrading to 11. Um, I don't, and, and so if I'm incorrect, please correct me. I believe the STEM feature is completely new to the full, as y'all call it, the mothership, as in like the main, um, when you open up Ozone, you are on the mothership, and then you have these modules that you can populate. Um, is the, the STEM feature is new to 11, correct? Yeah, totally. Um, so why don't, why don't you explain that? That's kind of revolutionary. We hope so. Yeah. So we had this technology already in a module called master rebalance, um, mm-hmm. which I've heard you guys talk about before, right? You can take a, a mixed file and change the gain of vocals or bass or drums. Um, and, you guys might be able to speak to this better than me, but that can really cut down on sort of mix revisions and getting that vocal to sit right is especially important. Mm-hmm. And that and that uses AI, right, to identify what is a vocal, separate it, change its gain. And we had the insight where it's like, well, why only gain, mm-hmm. right? Why not let take this technology... And let the user apply any ozone module to an isolated stem. And so, like you said, in the mothership, which is the plugin that sort of hosts a chain of, of the other ozone plugins, you can now, rather than apply the processing to the entire mix, apply these modules to the vocals, bass, or drums by themselves and make these really targeted enhancements and... I think it goes sort of beyond mastering. It's not quite mixing, it's not quite mastering, but it's like this new way of interacting with a mixed file that that I think is going to be really helpful to a lot of mastering engineers. You have a st- you have stems for people who don't you work with stems. If you never were sent a stem, you can now s- essentially pick whichever one you would like. And for each mothership, you can only pick one. But you have, and I, I feel like just listening to some of these Delta features that you've that y'all put in here, it seems so much more least more than nine. It seems a lot more laser focused on what it's actually um, trying to isolate, and it's just like I want the drums. Like, oh, well, there are the drums. I want the vocals. Like, holy cow, there's there's the vocal. It's not pulling something else that might be in the vocal range. So it's doing. It's doing some pretty good work here. Um, I would say I would say that's pretty darn awesome. Um, something I want to chat about. Um, let me check my notes, make sure I'm not kind of going all over the place. Yeah, I'm going to stay on this. Um, I want to talk about master uh, mastering assistant. Um, <coughs> pardon me. Y- y'all have really revamped this, and I told you this before we started recording, and I told this to Sam before we got you on the phone. And this is a genuine belief and uh, my personal opinion. I think Mastering Assistant does... I think this is like probably the strongest 
best piece of software I have heard that does what this does. Um, does this replace a mastering engineer? I don't necessarily think so, but I think this gets you if for the people who may not have <coughs> the budget or whatever, um, if people if, if if this is kind of like an option that like you weren't necessarily going to um, hire a mastering engineer, and this is going to be your route, maybe you're starting out and you're just kind of learning what's going on. I mean, even if you're a mastering engineer and you're kind of stuck, you know, it's like everyone has a mix you get stuck on. You're just like, well, what would mastering assistant do? Maybe we need, maybe y'all need to make bracelets. What would mastering assistant do? Um, I think this does a great job. And so you run the master assistant and you end up on a part of the UI that's kind of like a really broad overall, like 100,000 foot view of what's going on. <coughs> Sorry about the cough. And you can really tell this, hi, I'm trying to target this type of thing, uh, this type of genre, uh, and it will essentially allow you to adjust the tonal balance, the loudness, in this new beta version, I'm seeing y'all give a check mark if it thinks the vocal is the correct loudness. You have this extras portion of dynamic matching, uh, width and clarity and stabilizer. And then if you want, you can go into the individual modules that are controlling this. And then with each one of those, you have a blend feature to where you can blend less or more of that specific module, whether that's EQ or compression or whatnot. Do you want to dive into this a little bit? You can probably talk about it a lot better than I can. Yeah, totally. So the master assistant, one way to think about it is that like it's a very powerful targeted processing system. So you think about like a tonal balance target. We can analyze a ton of pop songs and look at sort of their relative balance of bass, mids, treble. Um, we have this cool product, Tonal Balance Control, that will show you that. So we've taken that technology, analyzed tons of songs in each genre, and then you can create a tonal balance target. Um, and then our sort of AI can set up the equalizer to get you closer to that tonal balance target. But it goes way beyond that because we keep adding these new capabilities, right? Where Master Assistant can do a new targeted thing. So one that already existed was loudness, right? We can measure the lefts of something, use our maximizer to bring uh, your audio to the desired lefts. And then we go beyond. So we, in Ozone 10, introduced the imager into the assistant where ozone will listen to the relative balance of mid and side information in four different frequency bands and then set up the imager to sort of get your stereo width right um, we invented this new type of processing that we added to the impact module that will measure the microdynamics of four bands which is sort of the punch or the snap of the mm -hmm. sound. That's what microdynamics is. And this new impact module can just directly adjust microdynamics. So it can do expansion or compression uh, sort of just with a slider going up or down across four different modules to sort of get the punch right. 
Mm-hmm. And then the new thing that we've added in Ozone 11 is trying to tackle what we found in our research to be sort of one of the most common beginner mistakes with mixes. Um, and that's when the vocal is just not balanced correctly. Right? Mm-hmm. It's too loud or, or pretty often too quiet. And so that human element that most listeners are going to focus on is just not, not there, not right. And we have this master rebalance module. So now when master assistant listens to your mix, it will do that vocal and the rest of the music separation, uh, measure both of their loudnesses and then set them to basically a ratio, uh, to balance your vocal for you to sit your vocal in the mix. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, we're getting really advanced. And then, like you said, it's all then open to you to dial into your tapes, right? I think what sets Ozone apart from a lot of the other AI mastering services is that you have 100% complete control, right? And you can choose to uh, take the recommendation that Master Assistant gives you, throw it away, change it, sort of whatever you want. But we're trying to look at these properties of sound, and create systems to move your song closer to a target. I think one of the most important parts of this is that um, you're, you do have full control over this. Um, and whether it's this 100,000-foot <coughs> view or you really dive in to each little module, um, you have absolutely full control of this. And I genuinely think this sounds fa- uh, fantastic. Um, we do reach a point, however, of taboo that I do think we do need to address. This being a podcast that was initially intended for mastering engineers, that I know people who aren't mastering engineers listen to this, Um but and being initially intended for mastering engineers as a mastering podcast, there is a taboo nature um, about this. Um, does this replace a mastering engineer? I think is the question. I think it can. I think generally the trend, though, that we're seeing across sort of technology and especially like media technology is that... Mm-hmm. Someone's ability to come in as a beginner and then learn and learn and hone their craft and then eventually sort of achieve results that are comparable with a professional, like that time is shrinking. And these new tools basically enable people to start getting professional results themselves pretty quickly. Um, I don't think that it will replace the really talented mastering engineers. And I, I don't think mastering engineers who have built uh, a reputation and a company and a client base, like people who want to use mastering engineers will continue to use mastering engineers. And I also think that, you know, at the highest levels of music production, you have a, a big team of people where everyone is specialized to one area and that's how you get the best result. And I don't think that's going to change either, but I do think we'll see a lot of newcomers um, 
putting out really high quality stuff. Um, and that's not just master assistant, you know, that's the quality of virtual instruments that are out there now, the quality of, um, you know, loops that you can get and one shots from splice and things like that. It's, it's all making it so that people can express themselves creatively in really high quality, which, which I think is a good thing. So will Master Assistant win a Grammy before Lander does? <laughs> I don't know. I hope so. That'd be cool. Mm. You know, That'd be quite a poster to hang on the wall. Yeah. I, not Master Assistant, but I was stoked because um, Mastering Engineer friend of Ozone, M. Mancini, won Record of the Year for his work on the Lizzo album. And I got to visit him and uh, he uses Ozone on everything. So hmm. um, at least Ozone, I know, is is on hits and, and on Grammy, Grammy winners. There you go. I mean, that says something. Um, yeah, I think uh, Mastering Assistant, personally, this is anecdotal, um, I think it's a very intelligent stereo bus uh, processing system. And it is, I, I believe, like you can see like occasionally new plugins come out. <clears throat> not necessarily isotope, not necessarily uh, like like this in particular. And it's like, well, what changed between this and, you know, version 6 and version 7? Uh, not, not in, not in Ozone's case. This is, I, I feel like every time something, I feel like every time something is released from Isotope, there is a pretty significant step forward. And I would say, as far as Mastering Assistant is concerned, y'all have a, y'all have made a pretty darn big stride forward. Um, let's hop into, let me check my notes, make sure I didn't have anything else with that. Um... Are we allowed to ask about the brain behind Master Assistant? Sure. Yeah, I mean, so I, like, what's what's there? <laughs> I don't know how to ask this question. Who's behind what, the curtain? Like, what is there? So I kind of described it earlier, but it's like we analyze lots of really great music, um, and then sort of extract call it sonic properties of the music. You know, like I was describing the tonal balance, the mid to side ratio, the vocal levels. Um, and then we inform Master Assistant with all of that data so that it's able to analyze your mix, understand the same sonic properties, and then it sets up these modules to move you closer to basically these targets. Love it. And, it's, uh, and let me tap into one more really cool sure. thing that we introduced with Ozone 10. And taking a step back, those targets, sort of what comes stock with Ozone are a bunch of genres. Um, rock, hip-hop, pop, etc. And some people out there may look at that and not really trust it. And that's why we've given the ability to import your own reference songs. And so if you have sort of a target in mind, or maybe even the client tells you like, hey, I want to sound like this, you can import that song if you have the file. And a really cool additional 
product that we've created we call Audio Lens. Audio mm. Lens is able to listen to the output of your computer. And so you're able to just stream a song from Spotify or Apple Music or Tidal, wherever, and analyze that in order to create a target. So you can basically effortlessly match whatever song you want. And we hmm. think that's pretty exciting. Good grief. Jeez, that's cool. That, that takes a second to kind of get your head around. Um, let's, uh, let's kind of move forward. Um, let, we have a lot to talk about with Ozone 11. Um, there's, a you got some new modules here. Um, why don't you run us down what all is new in module land? Do you call them plugins or modules? We do call them modules. Yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, let's start with clarity. That's new, correct? That is new. Yeah. I love Clarity. Let's hop into that. I think Sam is quite the fan of that. I would upgrade just for Clarity. It's worth it. Yeah. Okay, Bill. Go. No. <laughs> maybe maybe you should talk about it a little bit, Sam. I, I really we appreciated I mean, yeah. your feedback in the beta. Yeah, well, thank you. I found Clarity Clarity is this new modular module module. Um that somehow to me it and we'll have Bill explain it better. But for me, it creates space and like pulls a blanket off the mix if needed and creates clarity. Hence its name. It's it's a good name. Um, but I found it able to pull out all these really interesting, unique details that are in the song and reveal things. And as you kind of dial it in from, say, 0% to 100, um, you can, it creates separation in the whole mix somehow and you're able to also target certain frequencies and mid-side on it, which is sweet. And I found myself using it more and more and more because it's not so much that I was using it to like fix things, but I was listening to the mix and go, this is really cool, this is really cool. And Clarity was able to even kind of bring those things more to the forefront and create the separation. It was almost like I could really pinpoint within the mix, okay, here's... The song is this. It's X, Y, and Z. It's this part of the kick. It's this part of the vocal. It's the wide guitars. And I felt with clarity, I could pinpoint those even more and in a different way that was, in my opinion, more musical than just like a mid-side EQ or saturation. It felt like it was really um, able to isolate, but not in a strange way. And I've been using that like nine times out of 10 for probably the last four or five months on stuff. And it's been great. And it can also be extremely heavy handed if you want it to and take mixes that are extremely dark or kind of muffled. And sometimes you do get clients who are like, I want it to sound like this reference. And you listen to the reference, you go, man, that thing is just like really well balanced. And it's got a front to back image. And you know, the mid's really focused and the sides are nice and wide and cleaned out and, you know, it sits well and you listen to their mix and you're like, yeah, I, I understand. Like, they're they're in the right direction, but clarity then allows you to really kind of, um, I felt like just create space and separation in a very different way that I haven't experienced. And uh, it, it saved, I don't want to say saved me, um, but it allowed me to really like, 
take what the client had sent and enhance it and really honor what the client had sent to a new way that I haven't been able to do. So that's my that's my pitch for clarity. It's freaking sweet. And I'm excited for everybody else to use it. And it's a it's a tool that I'm going to be using all the time. So it's one of my favorite things y'all created for sure. And uh, I'll let Bill now explain a bit more about it. And got a, I'm I'm glad y'all created that. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I got a big smile on my face. That Great. is exactly what someone in my position would want to hear. Wonderful. Um, yeah, I'm so stoked. And we we had indications. Everything you just said, we've heard um, from other beta testers as well. We, yeah, as part of the behind the scenes, we put out these surveys to beta testers when we put out new features. And so we released sort of the first version of the Clarity module, put out a feature or put out the survey. And then the results were, we were like, whoa, people <laughs> love this. We yes. are really onto something here. Right. Um, by far, sort of the best survey response I had ever seen. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I feel the same way. I, I'm using it on all of the music I make now. And, um, Let's dig into how it actually works. Yeah, and also too, why why did you why did y'all create that? Like, was there feedback before then from Ten or another thing or someone like, hey, what if we just did this? Like, that's what I've been meaning to ask you is like, why? Where did did this come from? A question or a problem? Because it's almost to the because to me the way it works, which I don't quite understand, which is fine, and you can shed light on it it's doing something that I don't even know how I would describe as a problem until I've heard it. And now I'm like, oh, it's almost one of those things where like, I don't know if I can live without this tool <laughs> at my dispense now. Awesome. Um, but anyway, talk talk about it, please. I'll shut up here. It, it did just kind of come from a hunch. Yeah. Um, so what it does, here's the fancy way of saying it. It yeah. adaptively maximizes your spectral power. Hmm. And here's the simple way of saying it uses many, many bands to contour your song towards pink notes. Interesting. And then there's a tilt control. So rather than right. pink noise, you can tilt basically decibels per octave. Um, and it uses hundreds of bands. This is one of those things where, you know, this couldn't have been done with analog circuits. So it's really exciting to sort of push the cutting edge of, of what digital signal processing is capable of. And what I think is happening, you can, when you look at the interface, you can kind of see it because we have this moving meter we call the difference meter that yeah. basically shows you what the processing is doing. It is pulling back sort of the resonances or the most prominent parts of sort of your frequency spectrum. Mm-hmm. But then since it has so many bands, it's able to like wrap around those resonances and then pull up the stuff in between the resonances. Huh. And the way the ear works is like you, your ear doesn't hear to the left and right of resonances very well. Like the resonance will mask the stuff in between it and underneath it. So by lifting that up, sort of what you were talking about, Sam, 
the the music gets a much better front to back image because you're kind of yes. pulling the back towards you and pushing the front back a little bit. Um, mm. And it's unmasking basically these background elements, giving it, I think, perceptually and psychoacoustically just much more clarity. You're able to hear what's going on better. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's awesome. And then being able to do mid-side is super cool. Being able to yeah. sort of focus uh, with the, we call them action region handles, like if you only want to work on sort of the low mids or the top end. Um, and and ultimately, I think the most simple way to say the effect, like you said, it, it pulls the blanket off of dull mixes. Yeah. And it's able to do it in a way where it never sounds harsh. Right. Because when... High when like things happen when s's come through when hi-hats are hitting like it will duck those strident parts while keeping sort of everything else up right yeah because i initially thought it would kind of lean into like an like an exciter type of thing you know when i think clarity kind of the old school my old school thought is like oh this will be another like brightness thing and I was like mm. very curious about it, but yeah, it it is. It doesn't seem to get harsh, and it just what's weird is it. I mean, it's not weird because that's the name. It just creates more clarity. Like the more you turn it, turn the dial on it, it just creates even more and more clarity and separation. But it's not really changing. It's changing a lot, but not really. Like it doesn't flip the song on its head, which I feel like so many plugins do. Um, where it's like a full departure from the mix. And I think I shared with you, Bill, that a lot of my mixers or the clients, they like their mixes. You know, they're not looking for me to really like flip it on its head or get cute with it. But this is a plugin mm-hmm. to me that, or a feature of it that really allows you to do a lot of great enhancing and highlighting what everybody's worked so hard on to create from the performance to the mix to the engineer to the, you know, sample choosing or performances. And you can just highlight those things even more that they've already clearly put in the mix as this is important to us. Let's make sure we keep this there and or make it even better. And I think Clarity does that. And it's there's no other plugin to me like it. Um, and I'm super stoked that I get to have it forever now. <laughs> so, awesome. Is a go-to. So yeah. So yeah, I love Clarity. I think it's great. And just real quick, I forgot to say the inception story, the hunch. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have in Ozone a tool called Match EQ. Yeah. And one of the presets in Match EQ is just pink noise. Um, and so I've had a lot of success just statically sort of matching towards pink noise. And the hunch was like, I think this would be better if it was adaptively matching pink noise. Interesting. So was that kind of your hunch then? Are you saying? Um, yeah. Or obviously they're probably collaborative too, but yeah. Let me let me take a step back. Yeah. Talk about how sort of the team works. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I get to work with a super talented group of engineers and researchers. So a lot of the time, research will come up with the new. Uh, DSP, the new algorithms, um, engineers, we, we sort of build it together. And um, so in this case, 
I sort of had the idea, but it's a real team effort to build right. it, design it, test it. Um, and I'm super fortunate to, to work with an excellent high-performing team um, yeah. that, that all worked together really hard to make this product. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Those that are listening, I mean, Ozone 11 to me is worth it's worth upgrading for sure. I have 10. I've had 8, 9, and 10. And um, when I started testing at 11, I was like, oh, wow. This is really neat and like super helpful. And I do think, Bill, what you said at the start about it, like really being able to achieve professional results. And, um, you know, 10 was probably that too, but I'm really sold on 11. And I think it's probably, it is probably the best mastering suite out there as far as like collections of things and useful tools and um so yeah if you're out there take it from me upgrade go to 11 you'll love it i promise it's pretty big <laughs> it's pretty big for like sam to be saying that too cuz if anyone's really listened to the older episodes um you weren't always a fan of you weren't bought into the ozone thing and you are 100% on board. This is a really neat suite of plugins. And uh, yeah, I just really thank y'all for putting all this stuff together. Um, another plugin I want to talk about or module is y'all really overhauled the maximizer quite a bit. Um, y'all have some really neat things that y'all have done. Um, whether it's character, y'all now have upward compression. Soft clip, uh, transient emphasis is uh, is a, a little bit different, and uh, and the UI of it is kind of been overhauled a bit. And uh, what were some of the the thoughts behind this? Yeah, where to start? Well, one place to start is like I kind of consider the maximizer the crown jewel of Ozone. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. One of the best parts of my job is getting to go visit and talk with some of those super high-level mastering engineers. And like reliably, the part of Ozone that they use the most and love is the maximizer. Um, so we have basically the super popular module. So we really want to upgrade it because people who mm-hmm. have it already, it's like we want to give you a reason to want to upgrade. Um, meanwhile, the, we have these IRC algorithms and they are already like the best. So I can't exactly go to the researchers and be like, make it better. They're like, how? Mm. It's already the best. I'm like, I don't know. Can't you just make it better? And they're like, (laughs) no. Um, yeah, we have some ideas, but there are, there are things about IRC as well that we have patented um, that it's kind of cool to describe. Like IRC3, we've patented. It does this really cool thing where as it's doing gain reduction, it will simultaneously run like eight different release times and then measure the audible distortion of each and like switch between them in order to select the one that has the least amount of perceivable distortion. Holy cow. And, and so you're able to just push it and get really loud masters. And, and all the other ones are great too. So it's like, okay, we're not going to add 
IRC new in the maximizer modes. So we've had these two new things. We added the soft clip in 10 and we added upward compress in 11. And both of those are basically additional ways to maximize your sound, make it louder, um, beyond sort of just gain. So the soft clipper will boost sort of with saturation. And then if you're imagining a transfer curve, it'll sort of curve into the threshold of the maximizer or curve into like zero dB full scale um, in order to, you know, we, we talk with a lot of mastering engineers and that's what a lot of people do, sort of soft clip into the limiter or push uh, an analog to digital converter that has some soft clipping. Um, and then upward compress is sort of a unique compression circuit that we've built. Um, it is inspired by a section of Bob Katz's book on mastering where he starts to talk about upwards compression. And I remember reading it and it's like, this is a compression scheme that is so sonically transparent, you can barely notice it. And best of all, it, it only takes one slider to pull off. Okay. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, and he goes on to describe parallel compression. So as part of this, I kind of deep dove, really wrapped my head around parallel compression. And we've created this really cool new thing in Upward Compress, where basically, like, Maximizer now has a gain knob. And you're pushing the gain up until you hit, like, the ceiling and, and Maximizer starts limiting. But that's also gain staging the process, gain staging your audio into the soft clipper and into the upwards compression. So it can all be kind of really intuitive and simple. And then upward compress, it's, it's basically just a slider in decibels. And when the audio gets quiet, when your song gets quiet, it will upward compress or raise those quiet sections by whatever amount of decibels you set. Um, and that sort of took a little bit of magic to, to pull off. Like most compressors don't really work that way. It's really simple. Um, and we just wanted, like, we observed, Sam, you talk about this a good bit, like more loud, more often. Right. Right. Good pro masters are pretty loud all the way through. Right. And you think about the macro dynamics of a song, I think another kind of hallmark of amateur mixes too much macro dynamics. Yes. Right? An intro that is quiet and the verse one that's quiet and the listener is like turning up the volume to hear it and then like a final chorus that's way too loud right. and the listener might be turning it down. That's not what you want. Right. So upward compress will basically lift up those quiet sections adaptively with parallel compression. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh this whole this whole thing that y'all have built is just so darn neat. Yeah, um, I uh, I mean I love that feature too cuz it it's solving I f- I don't know, I just feel like Ozone 11 has solved so many of the modern loudness mm-hmm. uh problems in that most people do seem to like loud records meaning compressed more loud more often. 
But so many people have just attempted to do that by just like either taking 10 dB off on a limiter mm-hmm. or stacking some limiters, which sometimes those techniques work. But these little inter- intricate, like nuance ways of doing it to me are how I've been doing it for years, like with either analog or a combination of like kind of building this foundation and then building up this big wall of sound. And I think the the upward thing that y'all have created for this one too, like as you explained, it just, it is able to fill in these little gaps in a musical way that does make it perceived louder and more energetic without having to just rip DBs out and trying to like push everything into a, a finite level we have. Um, Ozone 11 to me is just like so musical. And that's, I mean, to circle back, like I haven't always been an Ozone fan because it's probably more of a a lament I had probably with mastering for a long time and the general approach of most things, which was kind of like, it just doesn't feel that musical. And we can get loud records and make them sound good and make them sound alive and still moving even if they're kind of pinned the whole time. And I feel like Ozone 11 has finally really, and I think it started in 10, but 11 has like delivered all these new features that really understands mastering in 2023. And this feature as well is another one I just love. So just praising you. Just love it. It's great. That's awesome. I will say to to kind of piggyback on what Sam was saying, uh, this program really meets people where they're at as far as modern problems that you encounter in mastering. And it's just going to meet you where you're at, and it's going to give you arguably one of the best tools out there to help you solve the problem that you're running into. Um, y'all did a killer job. You want to uh, you want to touch on this is probably one of my favorite things, and I feel like everything in 2023 should have a delta button, mm-hmm. and now everything does have a delta button. Uh, in Ozone 11. And the way that I set a limiter, I use a delta button. And for whatever reason, when I'm mastering, it to me is like a puzzle. And I'm putting these puzzle pieces together. And sometimes the puzzle isn't supposed to always go together. But it's like, if I'm limiting, I have in my head what needs to be removed. And I don't know why. I, I do this completely backwards. And so I love just soloing a delta button and I can be and I can hear as like no we're taking off too much of the low end or no it's like this is this is pulling too much of this okay we need to try a different type of strategy or whatnot or and it can really help me shape this master into really what I intend it to be and I love that everything has a delta button um what's the what's the general mindset behind putting a delta button everywhere. They're just so useful, aren't they? Like exactly like you said, maximizer, that was the first one we built, highest priority, most important. Being able to just hear exactly how you're changing the audio is just essential for like yeah, understanding what you're doing and especially like making subtle moves where you're like, oh, I think I hear that. Do I hear that? I'm not sure. Delta button is like, this is exactly what's changing. Um, mm. It just, for like 
pros and beginners alike, I think, having that sanity check and and that depth of understanding, I think, is just so cool. Um, and and that's one of those features where it's like, let's take all of these modules that people already love, make them better with with these new Delta buttons. Um, Maximizers Delta is awesome. The the compression hearing the Delta of compression is really useful too, especially for like timing sure. timing things and understanding the the groove of how you're like pushing the audio back. Um, the exciters Delta button is really sick because you mm-hmm. can just hear exactly the the distortion that you're adding. Um, imagers Delta button is pretty sick. Loki, the the equalizer delta button can be really crazy. Um, and I love how it kind of stacks with the extra layers of complexity that we've added with the stem focus and the transient sustain. Like if you're working on EQing a vocal, being able to like lift a bell, delta it, and hear exactly what's being added like exactly what part of the vocal and can hear like is it catching anything else? Just having that is is so useful and, and good for sort of peace of mind too. Sure. And it goes just a little bit further than just soloing a band and it's like, okay, I'm kind of doing this, but it's like what actually is the move that I'm making? Um you were saying like timing a limiter. I mean just getting that like attack and release setting just like dialed in just perfectly. Um, I mean, it's paramount. And I never really even thought about using it on an EQ. And so I will be toying around with that. That's, that's really fun. I mean, even like into y'all's vintage stuff, I, need, I know like none of this is overly new. Um, but it's like if something's just like a little bit too peaky, um, I love, I mean, I'll probably now use, you know, uh, what's it called? Uh, stabilizer or uh, another one, a great tool. Um, but like vintage comp, I love just being able to be like, yeah, it just, it just needs like a little bit more of like an analogy style glue. And so we can just really hone in on like what's happening there in particular. I mean, it's, I, I live and die by Delta buttons. And it's kind of like a make or break on for, for plugins. Uh, for me right now, so um, yeah, I think I think that knocks it out of the park. Um, so, is there anything in particular, any more modules you want to particularly highlight to market in this episode, or uh, we can uh, we can move on? There's one new sort of set of features that we haven't touched on, which is the transient sustain mode, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's a pretty neat one kind of like the stem focus it's like another layer of precision with which you can Mm -hmm. apply processing i think it makes ozone more flexible and it the other thing we've heard from beta testers is that it makes the tools feel really new and sort of inspires creative new ideas um why don't you tell people where this is located because i think this is like pretty fantastic on where this is. Totally. So it's in the same place that mid-side is. So 
for a bunch of ozone modules, you know, you have it defaults to stereo. And then in the header of the module, there's like these Venn diagram circles with a drop down. And from there, you can change the module into mid side mode or now for 10 of them, transient sustain mode. And for anyone not familiar with that, it separates the transient, which is like the punchy part of the signal, the drums, um, snappy part of the signal, and then the sustain, which is like everything else. Um, and it unlocks some pretty cool moves, like transient sustain EQ is really solid if you're trying to just add thump to a kick drum um, or tame, like a boogie sub bass, you can just you know, pull out shelves going up and down, low shelves. The exciter is really cool in transient sustain because you can sort of add grit to drums yep. if you want or saturate the sustain and kind of let the drums continue to cut through cleanly. And um, Imager is also pretty neat where transients, you can kind of widen and the music... Hmm. Will sort of pulse outward a little bit with every hit. That can be a sort of a unique creative move. So it's really just this new creative possibility, sort of a new dimension to audio that, that we've added there. Yeah, I, I found that within the Exciter, even in Spectral Shaper, like I could basically, you can almost start to like swing songs a bit which I like. That's probably an exaggeration, but to me, it feels like I could almost make songs feel a hair faster or slower by playing with the sustain and transient of like the drums, especially if I am in the drum stem and manipulating drums, which is one of my favorite features is just being able to mess with the drums in people's mixes. Um, because everybody, not everybody, but probably 99% of people, like who doesn't want bigger drums? <laughs> And, yeah, sure. Totally. And and driving drums. And I think a lot of times people expect that, you know, one of the biggest things people say to me is like, oh, I want it to hit hard and punch. And it's like, you know, well, obviously, hopefully it's already there in the mix like that, you know, and usually it is. But to be able to uh, mess with transient and sustain within the drums like you're speaking about, I, I found by using that, I was able to really make drums feel aggressive or even a bit more... Um, you know, kind of emotional or moody, if I could tell it was definitely like a sample loop or something, you could kind of pull out some of the characteristics or make them kind of feel like they're swinging a hair with a human, like a human element to them. And it made the song just feel so much more um, interesting. And I think it's a, this is one of those features where like, I would have never thought once again, kind of like this would be a fun thing to have, but it is really nice to have this because you can help for me, it's like I'm able to help the client achieve the the sound in their head easier and quicker without having to open the mix. Or sometimes people are just, we're all at different levels. And so you might get a project or I might get a project that everybody did the best they could, you know, and it's, and it's fine. But like if we have the ability to then kind of move it towards the reference even more, I'm always there at mastering trying to figure out how do I move this from you know, here to there, because that's really what they want. And I feel like this transient sustain is another one of those really musical, nuanced things that um, allows you to 
give things energy or pull things out that, you know, a lot of master engineers have great ears, I think. And we hear things are like, oh man, I wish I could just pull that snare out or I wish I could mm-hmm. just grab that, you know? And so we we do, we finagle an imager or mid-side or, you know, is it saturation or is it a harmonic thing? Or, But with this, you're able to just kind of grab the original source and you don't have to really like, kind of like go through five steps to get to the thing you want. You can just kind of, shifted a hair here and there, dial it to taste, and all of a sudden the drums are popping more or the bass is grooving more or, or something that was kind of sucking up the energy you can kind of tame a bit more. So I really like this feature. It took me a couple days to really, I think, hear it and understand it. But now that I feel like I have my a decent grasp of it, it's a really cool like tool I'm glad to have where I can be like, oh, I know how to, I know how to do this. Like I hear that. So it's 100%. a cool one. Yeah, I'm into it. Okay, next. So I have two questions for Bill in the last 10 minutes that we have here. Great. Um, I know Sam has a hard stop. I, I saw the, uh, the Traeger grill notification pop up on my phone. <laughs> so I'm kind of excited for whatever my wife's cooking. I was like, oh, man. Um, so with all of this, this, this Ozone 11 uh, package... What direction does Ozone 11 orient the audio industry? This is this is a trailblazer of a plugin. Like where where does this take the audio industry? Interesting question. I haven't really considered it. <laughs> I think I mean I want to make the best plugins in the world. Like I want to make the best audio software in the world. So I hope that our team and Isotope native instruments, like we're trying to raise the bar. I think basic audio plugins at this point, you know, equalizer and stuff like that. It's all table stakes. Um, for new things to be interesting, like I hope the industry is pushing cutting edge in terms of processing design, um, I continue to be shocked and surprised at like what artificial intelligence is capable of. Um, mm-hmm. I think we haven't really seen it quite hit, uh, hit audio yet, but I'm just blown away by things like mid journey, chat GPT, um, mm-hmm. Photoshop with, with the, uh, with, uh, generative fill and, and stuff like that. So I, I think. You know, hopefully with, with stuff like STEM focus, that's really pushing things forward in terms of AI. Um, and I think it's a really exciting time to be in music production. Like I was talking about before, like people are able to get in and pretty quickly be making really polished, awesome sounding music. Mm-hmm. So I, I hope that the industry just keeps pushing that forward, bringing new people in, elevating people who are at the top of their game to make even better sounding stuff. And uh, yeah, just have everybody have fun and make awesome music. That's great. That's great. Um, I have one final question for you before we wrap up this super long podcast. This is, <laughs> is going to be a good podcast. Uh, we ask all of our guests this question as a final question. Um, and it can really be taken from any direction. Um, 
doesn't have to be audio. Bill, what are you learning? I I am going to keep it audio. I I am just so laser focused on audio. I'm I'm learning how to make better music productions myself. I feel like it's practice. I'm just making songs, trying to get better and better. I have my eye on like all of our competitors and the audio software industry in general, just seeing what's new, like who's making cool stuff. I love like analyzing things in Plugin Doctor, understanding audio more deeply, like reading books on mastering, listening to podcasts like yours. Um, so I'm just constantly learning about audio software and thinking about how to make even cooler plugins and, and other things. That's great. Awesome. That's great. Thank you for being a fan of this podcast, by the way. Yeah, that's it's nice. great. It helps. It <laughs> I helps. Hope we me. haven't let you down at all. <laughs> no, no. I've I've had a ton of fun here with you guys, and like, you know, part of my job is uh, the domain expertise. So like. Having your podcast as a resource is is honestly super useful to help me do my job. Listening to your podcast is like partially me doing my job. Um, so thank you guys. Man. Well, you're so we always, welcome. Well, you're welcome. We always say we don't really have the smallest iota of the impact that this podcast makes. It really just started Sam and I talking to each other uh, every Wednesday and six years ago, and that's what we still do. We just record it now. Um, so we, we appreciate that. Um, so with that, um, Bill, thank you so much for being a guest today. Um, thank you for allowing us to be a part of this incredibly impressive beta. I mean, mm-hmm. the back end that y'all have is fantastic. I, I couldn't ask for like a cooler... Uh, beta experience just easy, uh, just as easy as it is, and just as connected as you are, or as we are in that beta to y'all, and the types of immediate responses we get are just amazing. Um, so thank you for that. Um, and yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this podcast unless anyone has anything else to say. Sam, Bill, I'm good. This was wonderful. Me too. Had a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Bill, thank you again. If y'all hear the beat cune up in the background, that was made by the one and only Sam Moses. If you wouldn't mind doing me a favor and just thank him, uh, even if <laughs> if you can just thank him, every time y'all do, it's really just an extension of me just saying thank you. I could not be more grateful for where this podcast has gone, how great it sounds. And I honestly, that, that 100% is, uh, is due to Sam. So every time I say this, I just hope he's blushing I from the amount of praise smile. that he gets. So I just want like him to be cheesing by the end of this. So um, do that for me. I would appreciate it. Um, so with the beat queued up in the background, if you need a mastering engineer, Sam can be found at Moses Mastering. I can be found at For The Record Mastering. If you wouldn't mind leaving us uh, comments, likes, um, wouldn't mind uh, subscribing, leaving any stars, whatever you can do. Um, also, send this, ep- send this episode to a friend. Um, if, uh, if you love Ozone, go ahead and send this off to a friend. Be like, hey, I think you should get this. And I think this could like, make us all collectively like, sound more professional and whatnot. And um, 
Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm still amazed by <coughs> how cool this piece of software is and all the hard work that um, y'all put into this. Um, so thank you very much. Um, uh, am I missing anything, Sam? No, I think it's great. Cool. Um, Bill, thank you again. I always say it's like, you know, from like overflow of the heart, like like the mouth speaks. And so I am very grateful for you allowing us to do this. And uh, yeah, you coming on. And I wish y'all the best of uh, product releases. Um, I'm sure it's going to be massive. So uh, with all of that, um, thank y'all for tuning in. Morning, afternoon, evening, whatever y'all having. Have a darn good one. We'll catch y'all on the next episode. See y'all later. Cue the music, Sam. Cue it.